Thanks for joining us today. We'd love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So we encourage you to share your story with us at info at fellowshipgj.com or by clicking the Share Your Story tab on the Church Center app. Also, if God is using this ministry to impact you, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially. You can do that by clicking on the giving link located in the description below this video, online at fellowshipgj.com, or if you are a member here at Fellowship Church, you can give through our Church Center app. This will help us continue to bring the message of Christ to our community and beyond. Again, thank you for joining us and enjoy today's service. I hope you came to worship. I hope you came to give your breakthrough through Jesus Christ our Lord to celebrate what he has done for us yesterday, what he is doing for us today, and what he will do for us tomorrow. He is faithful forever and ever. Amen. Amen? So let's worship him.
love this song because there's so much confidence in this song. It doesn't say, I think there will be breakthrough. I hope that there will be breakthrough. It just simply states that there will be breakthrough. And when I was, this verse came to mind in Psalms 27, it says, yet I am confident that I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the living. And yet I hope there is a confidence in us today that we will see the Lord's goodness, that we will see that breakthrough, that we will see what we hope for here in the land of the living, that we, that we do need to wait patiently upon the Lord, that the verse continues and says, wait patiently for the Lord. It says, be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. And it, sometimes it takes more courage to wait than to act. Sometimes it takes more courage, it takes more strength to just stand in the gap without the breakthrough, but you know it's coming, you have the confidence that you'll see the goodness, but it's not there yet, and it takes more courage in those moments to just wait. So Father God, we wait. We wait for you, not by our strength, not by our, our force, God, but by your spirit. There will be breakthrough in our lives, in our marriages, in our finances, in our relationships, in our jobs, there will be breakthrough. We declare it in Jesus' name, that there will be breakthrough. And God, I pray for confidence in each heart in this room today, that there will be breakthrough, that we will see your goodness while we are here. So Father God, we stand in the gap. We stand in the waiting. And I pray for courage in each heart to wait, to wait upon the Lord. And while we're waiting, Father God, you say those who wait upon the Lord, you will renew their strength. And so Father God, I pray in that, in the name of Jesus, that as we're waiting for the breakthrough, that our strength will be renewed. And we thank you, Father God. We thank you for the breakthroughs that have come. We understand our track record with you. You have been good in the past. You have given us breakthrough in the past and we are expectant and confident that we will see breakthrough in the future. And we thank you, Father God. We thank you. And it's in Jesus' name and everyone in this church said, amen. Amen, everybody. All right, go ahead, find your seat, shake a hand, welcome someone here to Fellowship Church. If you're watching with us online, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so glad that you are here today. Comment in the section where you're watching from. If you have any prayer requests as well, you can comment right in those, the comment sections on Facebook or YouTube or on our website, wherever you are watching, comment. We would love to pray with you today. Thank you so much for joining us online. If you are new to Fellowship Online or in the building, we are so glad that you are here. We would love to know that this is you, you're, you are here for the the first time, if you wouldn't mind texting fellowship to 94,000, that will just let us know that you are here. We'll also get back to you and just ask if there are any questions that you might have for us. We would love to know that you are here. If you're here in the building as well, if you go to the, the uh, information counter in the middle of the lobby, you can get a free uh, drink for you and everyone in your family, as well as some more information about us. Shake a few hands, answer any questions that you might have. We'll give you anything you need to know, answer any questions that you might have about us here at Fellowship Church. But again, we are just so glad that you chose Fellowship Church this wonderful, beautiful fall Sunday morning as we prepare to give. Just so you know that there are many ways to give. You can give online on our website. You can give uh, through text. You can also give through the Church Center app, or you can drop off a check or cash through those doors at the end of service. But we do want you to know that what your money goes towards is kingdom work, that we we pour into ministries around the, the, the city as well as around the country, pouring into those people who really have a passion for whether it's for the homeless or for children or, or for the food bank or for Convoy of Hope. We poured into those ministries who are doing something, who are doing the mighty work of God, and we want to partner with them just like you are partnering with us. So as you prepare to give, I want to pray a blessing over you. Father God, thank you. Thank you for blessing us with everything. Father, we understand that because we are sitting in this room, Father God, we are already so blessed, so much more blessed than many people in this world. And so God, we don't wanna take that for granted, Father God, but at the same time, 
we have needs, God. And so we are requesting, we're going to the provider, Father God, for any of our needs. God, you are faithful to supply all of our needs. You are faithful. And so God, we lean into that faithfulness in giving to you just a little bit back, God, that 10%, Father, we give it to you in faith, knowing that you will return it back to us as you have promised in your word. So thank you, Father God. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys as you give. This week is a huge week in our kids and youth ministry. We actually have a Bring Your Friend event going on in high school, middle school, and kids' church this upcoming week. We are praying that the kids and the students of this valley will come pouring into 4640 and kids' church this week, and they will hear the good news about Jesus. We are so excited to see what God is going to do this week. And if you are a parent of a second through 12th grader, we're asking you to help us. We're asking you to help talk to your kid who comes to 4640 or comes to kids' church and say, hey, who do you want to invite? Who are you thinking about? inviting. We ask that if you can, help out with rides. We ask that if you need to feed them some dinner, go take them to Taco Bell and go pick them up, drive through to Taco Bell and get them here. We are asking you to partner with us in this, this event to make sure that any kid who's supposed to be in those rooms this week gets in those rooms because when they get into 4640 on Tuesday night or, or 4640 on Wednesday night for middle school or for kids church on Sunday, they are going to hear the good news of Jesus Christ and we want them to hear it. And so we're asking for your help. Do whatever it is you need to do. If your kid's on the, on the fence about inviting them, say, hey, I'll contact the mom, I'll talk to them, I'll, I'll talk to the mom and see what they've got going on. Whatever you can do to help orchestrate that kid getting here, it is an incredible event. They are going to hear about the good news of Jesus Christ and we are asking for your help. So if you do that, we would thank you and appreciate you so much as well as be in prayer for these events that are happening this upcoming week, pray that they come into those rooms and they don't just hear it, but they listen to it and they believe that what Jesus Christ did on that cross is for them. Once again, thank you guys so much for joining us here at Fellowship Church. Enjoy the rest of service. Take me back to the place that feels like home, to the people I can depend on. The faith that's in my bones Take me back To a preacher And a verse Where they've seen me at my worst To the love I had at first Oh, I want to go to church Well, good morning I've got to tell you all something That happened in the lobby A couple of months back First of all, I, I love our people I love you guys. I love your sense of humor. I love your sarcasm, which you think is a gift of the Holy Spirit, obviously, because it, it comes out quite a bit. I love how we tease with each other, we pick on each other. I love the fact that we don't get easily offended around here. And you know why? Because God said, as my children, do not get easily offended. There's hardly anything you can say to me that would offend me except for tell me that you're offended. I hate the word offended. Hasn't it not been overused in the last few years? Everybody's offended about everything. Tell me you're offended and I will try harder to make you more offended. Let you work on that. But we have, a, we have just a wonderful church, wonderful staff. They're energetic, they're fun, they're funny, they're sarcastic. And sometimes they say some of the funniest things. And uh, if you remember a couple of months ago, we had uh, Pastor Joe, who I think me and him look a lot alike, don't y'all? We're like twins, we get confused all that. But anyway, and Pastor Will as well, we're team teaching up here on the platform and they were doing a great job. They were energetic, they were fun, they were funny, they were bringing home, you know, God's word and had a great take home for all the people that day. Well, as they were closing the service, I slipped down to the, to the lobby, you know, to shake hands with folks and there was a few staff members out there and one of the staff members that um, was out there, a secretary, uh, I won't give you her name, uh, I'll give you her initials in a minute, but anyway, um, I said to her, I said, oh man, they did such a great job, didn't they? She, oh yes. I said, I think our people really enjoyed them. And she goes, oh, yes. And, and well, they're so young and fresh. <laughs> what? And I'm looking at her like, well, well, what does that make me then, right? 
Oh man, she turned three or four shades of red, not knowing exactly what to say or exactly what to do, but they're just, they're just so young and fresh, she said. So today y'all are, y'all are just going to have to settle for old and moldy, I guess. That's what you're... <laughs> and being the only grandpa, the only grandpa uh, pastor on our, on our staff and uh, at least on our teaching team, uh, I just want to talk to you a minute like a grandpa pastor. Can I do that? Now, grandpa pastors, they kind of, they'll set you up. They'll give you a, a question that's, that's cerebral, something that you can give a quick answer to. So you guys just act like your grandkids. And by the way, I'm really a grandpa. I'm not like a newbie grandparent. My youngest grandchild is 16 and a half years old. I have a granddaughter who is 24 years old. So that qualifies me to be old and moldy and to say just about anything I want to say. But today I just want to ask you all a couple of questions like a grandfather pastor might be talking to his kids. And you can answer right out loud. You're right back at me. Here's the first question. Who do you think smarter? When it comes to everything that's happened in the past, everything that's going on right now in this world, and everything that's going to take place in the future. Who do you think is smarter, you or God? Okay, I teed that one up for you. How about this? What if you hit an impasse where you're not sure exactly which direction to go? Let's just say other people are advising you to go this way as opposed to that way, and, but you, you think maybe you should go this direction with them too, or with the crowd, with what everybody else is saying. It only makes sense. That's the counsel you receive. But your heavenly Father, who you said was smarter, has told you to go this direction very clearly. Who would you go with, you or God? All right, now we're going to go from cerebral to personal. Can you trust God? I mean, you just said he's smarter. You just said he knows the better direction or way for you to go. So when I asked, can you trust God, I heard you all. You said, yeah. Here's another question. Dig a little deeper. Can God trust you? Can he trust you? You go, I didn't know that was on the table. I mean, he knows me. He knows my flesh. He knows my mind. He knows all of my weaknesses. Is God really interested in knowing whether or not he can trust me? You bet he is. Because if he wants to bless you with something really cool and he thinks that whatever he gives you is going to mess you up, it's going to get you distracted away from keeping him first in your life, well, you know what? He shouldn't have trusted you with that, right? So the question is really important if you're going to receive his blessings. Can he trust you? And then here's a whole nother level. If he can trust you with blessings and you won't just kind of go crazy with them, can he bless you with trouble? Can he bless you, can he trust you, I'm sorry, with difficult times? Can, can he trust you with loss in your family? Can he trust you with your heart getting broken? And will he know when people walk out of your life, you're not going to walk out of his? Will he know that in the middle of your pain that you're still going to praise him? Because here's what I want you to understand. Um, you and I are going to have pain in our life. It's inevitable. We, you and I are going to have loss. If we live any period of time whatsoever, people that we love are going to die. People that we love are, are going to hurt us. There are going to be times in our life we don't understand something happened on the job. We're going to have loss when it comes to finances. And there's a whole nother level of relationship, watch this, that comes through your seasons of pain that do not come with seasons of blessings. So if the relationship with God is so important to you, then you got to ask your question, can he trust me? Can he trust me in seasons of difficult times? Well, let's pray. You want to get this? Father God, we love you so very, very much, and thank you for this time that we can have together. I want to do a good job. I don't want to mess up. Father, I, I don't want to be distracting to people. I, I want my mind to be clear. I want to be able to say the things you want me to say. And Father, I want you to, I want you to bless us. 
We know, Father, if any of us lived any period of time whatsoever, that there are going to be seasons in our life that we don't understand. There are going to be hurts that come our way. There's going to be difficulties. And, and Father, I just pray that you would please, you would please make us your children who can trust you with that. That we won't walk out. That we won't say that this Christian life is too hard. This journey with you is not fair. It doesn't make sense. The Father, as we go through times in our life of blessings that we are worshiping and praising you, but our relationship with you is never based on the good things you give us. Our commitment to you is about a personal relationship that started with a personal experience. Solidify that in us today, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, there's two books of the Bible that I read back in my 20s and again in my 30s, and I didn't really care for them. The two books of the Bible that I read and said, probably I'll put those, I'll shelf those for a while and, um, and uh, not really get back into them, because really, I was a motivational kind of a speaker. I loved Zig Ziglar back in the day. I loved to be able to find the positive things in life. And when people would start talking negative, I just would get away from them, and I would go back to the things that God would say that would line up with just living the kind of life, the blessed life that, that he would want us to live, the abundant life that he would want us to live. And the two books of the Bible that I didn't care to read when I was in my 20s and 30s, you care to guess? The first one was Ecclesiastes. If you've ever read Ecclesiastes, oh man, everything's bad and getting worse. Nothing really means anything. Who knows if you save up a bunch of stuff, somebody, you're not going to get it. And then who, what are they going to do with it? And I mean, it was just a whole lot of stuff from Solomon in his very last day. He wrote three books, the Song of Solomon, when he was in love and very young. Proverbs, the book of wisdom in the wisdom literature of the Bible. And then the book of uh, the book of Ecclesiastes as he was ending his life. And it wasn't until my late 40s that I fell in love with the book of Ecclesiastes. The other book that I didn't want to read, I read it once, read it twice, and that was it, Job. Job. I didn't want to hear any more about Job, because you know why? I didn't want to relate to Job. I could have empathy and sympathy, but I didn't want to learn any lessons from Job because I never wanted to walk the walk that Job walked until I got older and I fell in love with the book of Job because there is a message here in the book of Job that it should be encouraging to every child of God that has ever gone through a difficult time in their life, that has ever had their heart broken. And listen, if you are going to come back to God, many times God will say, listen, here, I'm getting your attention through this pain. If I can't get it any other way, then let your decision be to turn back to me and not turn away from me when the enemy hits you with something difficult. But here in the book of Job, we'll start with this story, and I'll give you a little background to it in just a moment. We're going to Job chapter 42, verse 1. Now, this is the end of the book. Everything has happened to Job, and most of you know the story. Job, God has a conversation with Job, and then Job summarizes the conversation. Chapter 42, verse 1, then Job replied to the Lord, I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. You ask me. Who is it that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? It is I. I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things that are too wonderful for me. You said to me, listen, I will speak. I have some questions for you. You must answer them. I had only heard about you before. This is Job talking to God. I had only heard about you before, but now I've seen you with my own eyes. And I take back everything I said. I had only heard about you before. The Amplified says, I heard of you only by hearing of the ear. But now my spiritual eyes see you. Now my spiritual eyes see you. Job went from hearing about God to having a personal experience in a relationship with the Heavenly Father through pain. We have a lot of cool things that happen around Fellowship Church, and I'm so proud of our staff and the many, many volunteers that pull it off. I asked our staff the other day, how many volunteers do we have that serve alongside of you guys on a regular basis? And they said over 450 people in our church 
serve alongside of our staff to make things happen. Children's ministry, I mean, that's cool. Children's ministry, working, going to the hospital, security, everything else is happening around here. Anytime there's an event, we have an event. People will take their vacations to help out with that particular event, and it is wonderful to see, and it is awesome. But with the many things that we have happening around our church, there is nothing more important than you growing a personal relationship with your Heavenly Father. The music we have, we try to make it five-star. We have wonderful professional musicians. These guys practice all week long. They get together and they pray before you guys ever wake up in the morning on Sunday morning to be able to pull off the services. But it is never just about quality of music. It's never just about an entertainment factor, which we don't care anything about. It is about giving you an opportunity that you might engage and grow closer to God through singing to him, through worshiping him in a live service here at Fellowship Church. This is what I'm trying to tell you. There is absolutely nothing in this life that is more important than your personal relationship with your heavenly father because he is the only one that's gonna be with you at three o'clock in the morning. He's the only one that is gonna be able to comfort you and strengthen you through the loss of a husband or the loss of the wife or the home going of a child. There is no program that the church can put on. There is no song that we can do better that is going to be a substitute for you having a relationship with your father. Everything stems on your relationship with God. A marriage working has to do with your relationship with God. Raising kids, making a, a good income for your family, providing for them. All of that is based on your relationship with the Heavenly Father. It's all based on your commitment level with Him. Because look at the side screen. In this life, you will ultimately and inevitably experience pain. And on one side, God allows it to be used that you might tuck in closer to him. But from the enemy's side, it's something way more sinister. To give you a little storyline of the book, go back all the way to Job chapter 1 and verse 1. The Bible says there was once a man whose name was Job. Now notice he was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He feared God and he stayed away from evil. He was blameless. He feared God, stayed away from evil. Blameless, feared God stayed away from evil. Now, you would think, brother and sister, that there was anyone who uh, would have not been recommended for adversity in their life, it would have been Job. And, and let me just take a moment to put a headlock on the devil and debunk some thinking that takes place in many people's minds. Many of you think the reason why you go through adversity in your life is by something that you did wrong or something that maybe you could have done better in the past. That something happening to you in 2022 is because of something that you did all the way back in 2002. But Job's story discredits that way of thinking. The Bible says that Job was a good man, yet he faced an unexplainable, unwarranted tragedy in his life. Now, the Bible gives some background of what was going on in heaven prior to Job facing what he dealt with and dealt, uh, here on earth. The Bible tells us that there was a time that the angels came to present themselves before God, and Job, or the devil, got in line. So the angels come, some of the lead angels are going to talk to God, and there's the devil. The Satan, Satan's waiting in line to talk to God. I think that's funny. That just tells me that he's got to wait in line like everybody else. Do you know what God says about you and I approaching his throne? That we can, by a whisper of the name of Jesus, boldly go right in before the throne of our almighty heavenly Father. But Satan, who is our adversary, is waiting in line. And then God sees him and says, can I help you? God says, and this is what he says, where have you been, Satan? Now, when God asks a question, it's not because he's trying to gain information. God is all-knowing. Anytime God asks a question in the Bible, it's always for our benefit. It's so that the answer might come that we might hear it rather than him washing over it and not getting the answer for you and I. So when God asks Satan, where have you been? Satan says, I've been to Palisade. I've been to the Redlands. I've been to Orchard Mesa. I've been to Clifton. I've been over to Hotchkiss. Went all the way down to Montrose. I traveled over to Rifle. 
looking for somebody whose life I can destroy. And then God says, have you considered my servant Job? Now, dear child of God, what does that do to your theology? If an enemy was coming to your house saying, you got anybody in here that I could kidnap? I dare say that you wouldn't say, yeah, you know, Sally, she's only three years old. She'd be an easy target. Go get her. <laughs> right? So this just messes with us. We're like, wait a minute, God, why, why did you bring up Job? Well, you got to remember God is all-knowing. He's omniscient. He's omnipresent. The devil wasn't that. So there's things God knew the devil didn't know. And, and God God knew this, <clears throat> I can trust Job, that no matter what you do to him, Job is going to stay faithful to me. And then, and then the devil says this, the, the devil says in, in, in verse 9, look at it, and Satan replied to the Lord, yeah, I considered him, but Job has good reason to fear you. There's, there's reason Job's the way that Job is. You have always put a wall of protection around him his home or household, and his property. Now, here's my first question. How does Satan know there's a wall of protection around Job? Satan is not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He can't be everywhere. He can't know everything. That's not his characteristic. So how did he know? God didn't bring it up in the conversation. You don't see it in the Bible. The only way that Job knows that there was a wall of protection around God, that the devil knows that there was a wall of protection around Job is because the devil had already tried to get through it. And many times you and I complain about the difficulties that do come into our life. Can we just pause for a moment and praise God for the difficulties and the things that could have broken through that wall that never got through to you? Never touched your marriage, never touched your home, never touched your finances because God stopped them at a wall. And notice something else about this wall. I think this is an important point. The Bible says that the wall was protecting Job. The wall was protecting his household. That means all of his family. And the wall was protecting everything else that Job owned. Now, let me just pause for a moment and speak to some of you that have loved ones that are not in church. And maybe your loved ones ridicule you. Maybe they criticize you. Maybe they say words like you're just being naive or you're being conned or you're being taken advantage of. There's no, no, no use for you doing what you're doing. And those very loved ones have no idea that God has got a wall of protection around them because of you. So Satan says his commitment to you is tied to his present condition from you. The only reason he is what he is is because of this wall of, of protection. Lower the wall and let me get to him, and he will curse you to your face. And God says, okay, I will. But you can't touch him. You can do whatever you want to do, but you cannot touch Job. And I think it's pretty cool. The Heavenly Father sets limits on how far the devil can go. He sets limits when it comes to his kids about how much the devil can do. And here's what happens in the story. The Bible says that a messenger comes to Job when all of Job's children were meeting and having lunch at one of the older son's homes. And the messenger came to him and said, there's been Sabaeans, a, a ruling raiding army that came and they've taken all your ox, they've taken all your donkeys, and they killed all of their caretakers. And then another man comes and a messenger and says that there was a fire that fell and it destroyed all of your sheep and it burned up all of your shepherds. Now, when you hear this, first of all, when you hear about the ox and the donkey, that may not mean anything to you. But what you need to understand in that day was what he was hearing was that his way of making money and feeding his family, gone. When the sheep were destroyed, that was his investments. So now his backup plan of getting more money, gone. All of his way to provide for his family, his financial security, gone. His investments, gone. And then here comes one more. And he says, there was a great wind that blew. All your kids are meeting in an older, 
the older brother's home. All the walls of that house caved in. And all 10 of your kids are dead. They're dead. One tragedy right after another. Back to back to back. Back to back to back. Back to back to back. I mean, come on, Jesus. Can, can we get that to let up just a little bit? I mean, why? One thing after another that was led into my life. This is one of the strategies of Satan, and that is to wear you down. That you get this news, you get that news, you get hit with this one thing, and you get hit with that one thing. And God's up in heaven just watching Job. And the Bible says that Job said, the Lord gave me what I had, and the Lord has taken it away. Praise the name of the Lord. What Job was saying was this, guys, I'm not going to act like I've been dealt some injustice from my heavenly father when I didn't deserve what he had given me in the first place. And if he wanted to give it, then he can give it. And if he wants to take it away, he can take it away. But my commitment to him was never tied to my condition. My commitment to my heavenly father is tied to my heavenly father. And the blessings he gives me are just a perk. But it's not going to damage me. It's not going to change me whether he gives it or whether he takes it. I'm in love with my father God. Two ways you can look at this. You can get mad at the Heavenly Father when this happens, or you can be grateful for the fact he lets you have it in the first place. And if you ever want to know how to give the devil a migraine, praise God in the middle of your pain. When something's going wrong, confuse him by praising him in the middle of difficult times and praise him in the middle of your pain. And what you're doing is you're telling God that he can trust you so Satan goes back to God. God said, what's up? <laughs> he says, all right. He passed the test. But I'm telling you, if you let me touch his body, he'll be through with you. And God said, okay, just don't kill him. Right? And the Bible says that Job got so sick that his wife thought he was dying. Now, I, I want to hit you with something for a moment. Um, this month's about revival, resurgence, coming back. A lot of Christians' commitment to their Heavenly Father is pretty weak these days. They're easily offended. Somebody said something hurt my feelings, and you're out? Really? Hurt feelings got your commitment? Well, a leader, you know, a leader disappointed me. So? And that got your commitment to, to your God? Well, I got offended. <laughs> and that got your commitment? COVID. COVID got your commitment? Really? The whole story of Job was not so that you and I might fear that we might have to live that out one day to prove that God can trust us. The whole story of Job is to tell you that you're not going to have to live that out, that he was representative warfare. And when he won, we won. And there is nothing that you can go through that will be much less that should be able to take your commitment. Because your commitment to God can never be tied to your condition. So here, devil comes back, so let me, let me hit him, let me get him. And the wife sees this happening. And the wife says, now, now don't, don't judge her. She's a good girl. And she loved Job. But the wife says, now remember this. She had compounded grief of losing all her financial security, and now her 10 children are gone. And not only that, she's watching her husband die. 
And she speaks up and says, why don't you just curse God and die? The enemy will many times use pressure in somebody's life to say things that they normally would not say. Can we agree with that? That if the pressure is strong enough, the grief is deep enough, sometimes a really good person, watch this, who loves you will say something even to you that is way out of character. But listen to what she said and listen to who said it. Because many times people think the only person the enemy is going to use to hurt me are those who hate me. But many of you are recovering from trauma of someone the devil used to hurt you who loved you. And God's looking at Job laying in that pile. And Job says, my commitment's even stronger than this. That if I have to stand all alone or lay here in this pile of ashes all by myself, I will love the Lord through good times and through bad. Now, this is a terrible place for me to end today's message. (laughs) Terrible. That's all introduction to tell you why Job is the favorite book and one of my favorite books in the Bible. But we've been talking about coming back to God your relationship with him being stronger than it's ever been. There is never a time going on in our life where your commitment level to God is more important than it is right now. The protection around your loved ones and your families who may be the very ones who spoke the words that hurt you the most is dependent on your commitment to God. You, that your relationship with him would be the most important commitment that you've ever had. And hurt feelings and disappointment and COVID is not getting my commitment. I'm coming back stronger than I've ever been, double for what I've been through. Because I've learned that I can trust God. And I'm also proven and proving that God can trust me. Thanks for listening to this week's message at Fellowship Church. If you've not made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I wanna give you the opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says in the book of Romans, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you can do that right now. I just wanna encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. Please forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are Lord, that you died on the cross for my sins and that you rose again. And God, I thank you for that. And I ask you now to be my savior, to guide my life and to give me a home forever in heaven. And God, I ask you this in your precious son, Jesus name, amen. If you just prayed this prayer for the first time, we would love to celebrate with you. Please text the word heaven to 94,000 to get in contact with our staff where we can answer any questions that you might have. And also, if you're in need of prayer, we'd love to support you. You can submit your prayer requests by texting prayer support to 94,000. Our prayer team will receive your request and immediately start covering you. 
If this was your first time experiencing Fellowship Church, or if you want to learn more about one of our many ministries here, text the word fellowship to 94000 to connect with our staff today. And as always, we are still just a phone call away. You can contact us at 970-245-PRAY with any questions. And thanks again. We hope to see you next week in person or online.